0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to yet another episode of the greatest podcast in the history of the world. <laughs> the Innkeeper's Guestbook. I am the illustrious innkeeper, Freddie, And we have quite an unscheduled podcast today. So uh, my father, um, I'm not sure if I mentioned on one of the podcasts before, he is the director of the Howard University Jazz Ensemble. And it is August of 2018, so we have a whole bunch of students coming in. One student in particular, He he described to me as a first round draft pick (laughs) in terms of playing trumpet. Um, And he's coming to Howard this year. Uh, Problem was, between when he arrived and when um, school started, he needed some accommodations, basically, to be able to get him from point A to point B to his actual, uh, where he was gonna be staying. So he needed a place to stay. So, of course, Dad reached out to me. It's like, yo, I got you. So, uh, we got him set up good. And this is last night with us. He's about to go to his new place. So, we're going to miss him. But, uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome Terrence Newman. Yes. Terrence Newman. And Terrence hails from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. All right. So, where in relation to the whole state is Tuscaloosa?
1: Tuscaloosa is close to Central Alabama. If you know where Birmingham is, it's about 45 minutes from Birmingham.
0: Which which direction?
1: Southwest. So, you would actually okay. travel like travel north northeast going to Birmingham so okay. straight shot yeah
0: alright uh, and how far are you from Mobile
1: about 4 hours 4 or 5 hours south mm-hmm. and then what about Montgomery Montgomery like 2 hours
0: okay so are you relatively close to the to the state line between Alabama and Mississippi
1: yeah probably like an hour and a half okay. to Meridian which is like the half which like the halfway point between uh, Jackson and and Tuscaloosa, so when I was going to school.
0: Okay. So, you did undergrad, I believe, at Jackson State, right? Yes. Now, Jackson State, I'm assuming, is Jackson, Mississippi? Mm-hmm. All right. What made you choose Jackson State?
1: Well, um, when I was in high school, uh, I was in the marching band. Been in band since the sixth grade. And, of course, um, being in the South, football and the marching band is, is very... It's very intense. It's almost like a lifestyle and a culture unto itself. So, yeah. um, and my band director, he actually went to Jackson State, but he never really talked to us about it. But um, when I was in high school, the It bands that everybody wanted to go to was um, Alabama A&M and Alabama State and Miles College. Those were mainly the It bands. But one day, um, it was my 10th grade year, we went to a battle of the bands that we always go to in Birmingham and miles and i think a&m were there but jackson state came and i'd never seen jackson state in person and they marched in playing get ready and my mind was blown (laughs) and i remember sitting next to them and they marched past and um it was toward the end of get ready and those who've heard jackson state's band play it there's this part at the end where the piccolos have this the with the woodwinds but the piccolos stuck out to me because they were so loud and i remember looking at him i was like uh, his name was Mr. Menina. I said Mr. Menina, the piccolos are so loud he was like yeah and so at that point it was Jackson State 100% all the way
0: really Yeah. so did FAMU come to the battle bands no oh man no so Jackson State for those who don't know is the HBCU so is Florida A&M which is where I uh, went to school as well um and uh the Marching 100 even though it's 300 people in the band they are world <laughs> renowned man I'm telling you um so yeah uh let me see uh, so you had mentioned that you, so you I'm assuming you did marching band throughout all of college yes okay did, was that the only band that you played or were there any others
1: I was in marching band I was in the symphonic band I was in jazz band orchestra brass quintet and I sung in the choir at church and then I played around Jackson at a few churches from the time to time busy man yes <laughs> <laughs> when you had four or five folders <laughs> from different for different ensembles so yeah quite
0: okay so, uh, how many horns do you play?
1: Um, primarily just trumpet.
0: Okay. You play any others though? Like, like you said, you mentioned piccolo.
1: Yeah, uh, piccolo trumpet. Yeah, I play piccolo trumpet. About wow, flugel. Flugel, I've played it before. Um, in high school, I played the um soprano trombone or a slide trumpet. That's something I would like to get into. It's main. It's primarily used for like jazz band, for what I've seen.
0: A slide trumpet.
1: Yeah, it's like it's well, it's called a soprano trombone, but it's. But it um, it, it's it's just a well a more um, I guess slang term. Some people will call it a mini trombone. Okay. But
0: so the slide part though is actually not used to tune it like a normal trumpet, but actually it slides.
1: Slides, just so like a trombone, but it's more smaller. Combat.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. And are there any buttons?
1: Nope. Slide. That's it. Yes, slide, and you just there's a video um on the internet with um. Wycliffe Wycliffe Gordon playing it. He's playing Swing That Music, an arrangement of Swing That Music by um, I think it was Armstrong And he's playing it at this event called Cancer Blows and he plays it. So
0: he so says it's called Swing That Music. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right Um. So When did
1: you start playing trumpet? Sixth grade. Okay. What age was that? 12 11 or 12. Why did you choose trumpet? I didn't know <laughs> well my, I think my generation of band kids I would like to call us maybe the drumline because I think drumline had just come out so there was like this excitement around marching but everybody was like okay I gotta get in the band I gotta do that so everybody ran to band Um, and so I didn't know what instrument I wanted to play he actually picked it for me really Yeah. and so I was like okay so I got the trumpet and um, I remember the first few days I couldn't even make a sound It was like the first two Everybody else in the band was playing and I, I felt bad So like for two three days I'm just sitting in the band like, Just blowing and nothing's coming out But after like the third or fourth day I was able to make a sound And then never looked back after that
0: So I still cannot make a sound out of a trumpet <laughs> And I've tried And I've tried i don't know what it is i i I don't know if it's a matter of you have to make make sure that the 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 hole that you blow through is is like the aperture is really small
1: yes um and then preferably what band directors do is they also have to analyze your facial muscles because some students don't have the proper um facial muscles to play a trumpet so um and it's is really um so with the trumpet of course it's the small one of the smallest mouthpieces in the brass one family if not the smallest and as opposed to something like a baritone or a tuba um the trumpet is you have to um all those muscles have to um be very compact in this small um small i guess small cup so it can it can be difficult from time to time and i think one of the things they also look for is if you have a flat chin you typically make a a pretty good trumpet player really so yeah
0: a flat chin yeah interesting so rounder faces in general yeah or like like can you still have an oval face with a flat
1: like yeah typically yeah but and then and also it's it's a mindset thing too because trumpet players tend to be the have the biggest egos yes yes (laughs)
0: yes (laughs) I remember when we were in. Uh, I was in jazz ensemble. I used to play piano, so um, there were stereotypes behind all the different players, mm. and it was like the saxophone players were like the coolest ones because they're sitting in the front, like and everybody kind of sees them <laughs> in the front. The trombones, they said, were uh, awkward guys that couldn't tuck their shirts in right. Mm, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and the 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 since they're in the back. You know the, the tallest ones up there. They're always like the the, the showboats. Like yeah, like yeah. like we 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 the ones. You know, <laughs> um, and then of course you got the rhythm section where the drummer is always like just everywhere kooky. Yeah, and so is the piano player, but the drummer is more so of a loud person, whereas a piano player is kind of like a mad chemist. Mm. The guitar player is always just the coolest guy. <laughs> Actually, no, the real coolest guy is the bass player. Oh, yeah. The bass yeah. player is always the coolest yeah. guy. But he, he he's so cool, he's so out of sight. Like, <laughs> the saxophone's like showboat cool. Mm. Bass player is like super cool. Mm. And then the guitar player is kind of like in his own world like he just rather be somewhere playing like hendrix or something
1: yeah <laughs> and, and it's always funny too when i watch a lot of these sitcoms where it's like high school kids mm-hmm. and the band kids are always portrayed as these nerdy <laughs> nerdy kids who who can't socialize and but then the reality of it is that's not the case because band kids are some of the most actually some of the smartest kids too because i they've actually done studies you know when you're a musician you're using both sides of your brain yep. you're reading a foreign language you're keeping time mm-hmm. so all of that stuff so so it's always interesting to watch how sitcoms portray band students and then you actually see the reality of it
0: yeah so. it, it can be quite different at times i know that the marching 100 they were a cult man okay. Like they just kept to themselves, but they was always on their own <laughs> stuff. Like, hey, you know, but hey, come come a halftime, or are they oh, gonna yeah. shut it down. Uh, I I think they still do the um the uh was it the Atlanta Football Classic Where it's, uh Tennessee State versus Fam in the Georgia Dome.
1: I haven't seen it in some years. Yeah, I
0: don't know. Maybe when they moved, they didn't do it. Yeah. So, do y'all ever have any classics like that?
1: Um, the Southern Heritage Classic. Jackson State versus Tennessee State. That's been going on for years. I think that started... I could be wrong in like 90, 89 or 90 between Jackson and Tennessee State. Then you have the Capital City Classic. Jackson State and Alcorn. That's always a good game. And then I think one of the most popular, one of. Um, it's unofficial, but Jackson State versus Southern. Um, it's, uno- it's unofficial because I think... I forgot the guy who created um, Marching Sport But he coined the term I think in 2002, 2003 Called it the Boombox Classic The Boombox Classic Yeah, so that That's probably like One of the most Intense ones That you'll see You know, of course You got your Magic City Classic You know and Is that Miami or something? That's um Alabama State And Alabama A&M Okay and So, but You got the
0: Southern uh, Southern Classic What's the one with uh, Grambling and
1: uh, Bayou Classic Bayou, Bayou Classic Cl- yeah. yeah, Bayou Classic Okay
0: all right. Um, do you can you circular breathe?
1: No, no. I know of the t- I know the technique, but no, I cannot.
0: Okay, so for those at home that don't know about circular breathing, explain to those at home what what
1: circular breathing is. Let me do my best. Um, I first was introduced to it in high school, and all it is is you're expelling air, and at the same time you're breathing it in. So therefore, you can hold out pitches for an extended period of time and so that's all it is. So you're in is you're inhaling and exhaling at the same time.
0: Yeah that's difficult.
1: yeah it is I heard it takes months to, <laughs> to master it and so I, I think they recommend from what I've heard you start with like a straw mm-hmm. and get you a glass of water and you just kind of practice then
0: like blowing into the straw mm-hmm. to create bubbles
1: and then trying to inhale through your nose. Coming back into your
0: nose. Mm. I wonder if that's a muscle thing, because probably most people, when they're blowing, the air passage in there that you know comes in through their mouth up to the nose is still like closed. So you have to locate that muscle and then try (laughs) to open it. Crazy. Yeah. All right. Um, So okay, and then what made you want to come to Howard?
1: Um. Well, we went to the. HBCU Bands Consortium a few years ago. We went to the um, HBCU Bands Consortium a few years ago and um, we were rehearsing all day and seeing concerts all day and we were exhausted. And the majority of us just wanted to go to the room. We were just like, we're beat, we're tired, you know. But Howard's concert band was scheduled to perform that night. And so, of course, you know, our director, he had us go and watch and stage opened up how it started playing and i was i was blown away and and it and more so for me because i'm an advocate for HBCUs on top of the fact that it's good to see that um as black musicians we can have an, a product that produces excellence just like our counterparts because sometimes that's the perception that sometimes we are inferior in areas and sometimes we play into that ourselves. That's true. So we don't That's think true. we can produce something just as good. So it was refreshing to me to, to see that, like, wow, we're doing it too. You know, of course at Jackson State, we have a good product, but as far as graduate school and looking for a graduate school, because I was looking at um, different schools and not taking away from anybody else. But for me, particularly in HBCU producing that concert of that caliber i was like wow you know i get to do that with people that look like me and especially in these days we hear of all these incidents on various college campuses with the um with the um racial incidents so it's i think it's important that you know and there's nothing wrong with going to a pwi if that's where you're led to go but
0: pwi what's that
1: predominantly white institutions okay yeah but you know there's definitely nothing wrong with going to an hbcu either and I encourage anybody, not just black people, but white, um, like anybody, everyone should get the HBCU experience because um, living in this world, you want to get exposed to as much as you possibly can and not just live in your own bubble. Because particularly with me, getting out of the South was a big thing, you know, from Tuscaloosa to D.C., <laughs> even from Jackson to D.C., you know, so.
0: um oh, i'm thinking talladega so <laughs> where is talladega in relation to tuscaloosa
1: i do not i think it's closer um if i'm not mistaken in the birmingham area okay so if i'm not mistaken i could be wrong but
0: do you have well seeing that tuscaloosa is relatively close to birmingham do you have a nascar racing culture in tuscaloosa
1: we don't. It Tuscaloosa football. Roll Tide. That's it. University <laughs> of Alabama all day, every, every day. That's what Tuscaloosa is. Okay. Right?
0: Uh. Okay. You ready for seven questions?
1: I will do my best. Yes. Alright.
0: First question. What is the book that I should add to the library downstairs?
1: I read a few books over the past couple of weeks. Probably one that you should add is i can't think of the name off the top of my head it's by this author his name is kowanza kanjufu and it's called the power pain and passion of black love power pain passion of black love all right
0: let's brief synopsis what happens in this book
1: he just explains um, primarily the issues that go on in the, that have been going on in the black household and how from how certain things like economics and race relations have affected our mindsets. Um, he does a lot of addressing about how black men, um, about how we view masculinity and how that has to change in our thinking, um, how we look at ourselves as men. And so he also talks about women um, respecting themselves first and then men respecting them. Um, so he just addresses those issues and how we can overcome them in this country. And he talks about also embracing many of our Afrocentric values and how some of the values that we've adopted are associated with this country and not our, our home, home country. Our ancestors. Yes. Yeah, so.
0: Okay. That's nice. I like that. And what's interesting is that, you know, um, I'm sure there's a lot of um lessons that he has in there that can be applied to anybody in any race, you know. Yes. Just like self-respect. I mean, man, woman, doesn't matter your race. So you gotta respect yourself before other people respect you. Right. Um, all right, two, podcast to subscribe to.
1: I would say this one. <laughs> <laughs> the innkeeper's <laughs> guest
0: book. Great answer. Um, all right. Number three, something that you didn't know you needed until you got it.
1: May sound weird, but a portable phone charger. Okay. Yes, I never knew how important that was until.
0: <laughs> and what type of phone do you have?
1: Um, LG. Okay. LG Stylo.
0: And it's uh, that's
1: Android, right? Yes. Okay.
0: Yeah. So, do you find that without
1: it, how long does your battery last? I can go pretty much, depending on what I use it on, pretty much a full day almost. Now, if it's heavy usage. You know, you probably can burn through it in a couple of hours, you know, with the apps and Bluetooth and YouTube and all of that. Yeah, uh, I'd be surprised my phone lasts half a of day off the charger,
0: <laughs> honestly, but that's iPhone for you. All right. Number four, um, bucket list place to travel. This is somewhere in the world that you have been that you recommend listeners
1: travel to. That I have been Chicago. Okay. Chicago, definitely.
0: What about Chicago?
1: What do you like the Sears Tower? Um, wow! Um, when you get when you get on the Sears Tower, is you get on two elevators. It takes you for like the first set of floors. Get off that elevator. Get on another one. It takes you to the top floor. And the higher you get, you can actually hear your ears start to pop. Yep. As you get up to the top, yep. and then, cause my best friend, he took me uh, one Thanksgiving, and then when you go there, you're on the top floor, and they, they have like um, like gift shops for tourists and stuff, and then there's this glass box that sticks out on the side, mm-hmm. and you can step out on t- to it and see all the way down, and you can feel your heart drop, yeah, and I didn't know how high we were until I'm looking down. And I can see, like, we're above helicopters. I'm like, am I looking down? can <laughs> <laughs> <See the> helicopter? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So. What t-
0: oh, so you went during Thanksgiving? Yes.
1: So it had to have been cold. Yeah. I got off the train. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a game. Yeah. Uh, so
0: I have a bunch of friends that are from Chicago. Okay. And one thing I've heard from them, as well as other people, is that one of the best cities in America to go to during the summer is Chicago.
1: Mm. oh i think what's that thing on the fourth that it's called the taste taste of chicago yeah yeah he's telling me about that all the time so yeah so
0: gotta plan a trip out there during the summer definitely man um number five 50 mile detour restaurant this is a restaurant that's so good that if you're within 50 miles of it it's worth your while to go there don't matter which way you're going that's a tough one
1: may have to come back to that one. Okay. That's a tough one. All right. What's your favorite restaurant? Horse and Dickies. <laughs> Where <laughs> you go with Yeah,
0: Horse and Dickies is this uh fish fry place. It's been around forever in DC over at uh, 12th and H Street. And I told him to check I told him to check that out while he was here. And you uh, he telling me you went the other day and he's like, "Man, it's so amazing." It was so amazing. Uh, but yeah.
1: All right, yeah, I look forward to trying a, a lot more places here. Every time I go one place, I see another place. I'm like, I have to try here now. I have to try here next after. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, D.C. has a plethora of food options. All right, so we'll come back to number five. Number six, what is your number one talent?
1: Trumpet. Okay. Naturally well,
0: good at- so, naturally. Yes. Okay. Playing trumpet. All right. And what's your number one skill?
1: Number one skill? Number 1 skill I would have to say teaching. Okay, teaching.
0: All right. So, have you, have you done like stu- uh teaching like in between when you graduated and and uh starting at Howard or just random people that are in like your bed, ba- your band or whatever that might need some help with something and you can walk them through how to conceptualize something?
1: Yeah, it's just from from uh, from being a section leader to um working with band kids on um, running a sectional um even at church every now and again i would work with the choir um they let me i would teach sunday school every now and again so i just enjoy instilling knowledge um into people that's just i feel like that's one of those things that um that was put inside of me so and and i feel like especially being here that's something that can be further um some of my potential could be further honed in on and kind of You know, manifested, so to speak.
0: All right. And is that what you ultimately want to do post-graduation?
1: Teach? Yes. Now, teach what? I don't know. Because, like, the one thing I have learned, no matter how much you plan (laughs) in life, nothing ever goes according to plan. So, you know, I definitely, ideally, I would want to teach middle school more than anything. So,
0: And that's uh, like sixth to eighth grade? Mm -hmm. Sixth to eighth. Why that age?
1: It's, It's really a critical point. Um, because at that age they're young and it's easier to instill knowledge in younger kids than it is with older kids because they're they're you know if you're 12 you it's 12 11 12 year old you're new to band you're young you're energetic you just want to know how everything works so it's easier and then at that age that's where the the fundamentals really come in or unless it's um, elementary school but most of the time it's middle school and so the um, stronger their fundamentals the easier the high school band director has, because since you've taught them so much, he doesn't have to he or she doesn't have to work so hard because you've already instilled so much in them.
0: All right, that's so. nice, man. All right, so ended on number five. You thought the restaurant?
1: Thought of a restaurant. I would say I tried this place the other day. It's called um, the Eleanor. I think it's a new place around the corner from here, mm-hmm. and I think they have indoor games. They had indoor bowling. Basketball game, skee ball, Mortal Kombat, Pac Man, all.
0: (laughs) So it's like a Dave and Buster's kind of place. Yeah. Okay. I should
1: have said Dave and Buster's. Although I've never been to Dave and Buster's, but I already know Dave and Buster's is probably.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Dave and Buster's is an interesting place. I had friends that worked there back when I was in school. Now they have definitely have some stories about Dave and (laughs) Buster's. All right.
1: Um, Is there anything you want to plug? not that I can nothing I can think of. Just I'm ha- I'm just happy to be here. It it's still kinda surreal, but you know, just happy to be in DC and <laughs> I got a lot to learn, but, <laughs> You'll, be but You'll be fine, I'll be fine, yeah. And we're
0: happy to have you, man. We're happy to have you, man. Yeah, I appreciate it, it. Super nice, super genuine person, man. You're gonna be an asset to the band, like for real.
1: But I appreciate it, yes sir.
0: All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this concludes this episode of the Innkeeper's Guest Book. I am Innkeeper Freddy. Thank you so much for joining us. See you next time.